Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland, so that we can help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. You can always join us in person each Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 11 here on our beautiful campus in Rock Spring, Georgia. Love, love that song. Hey, Luke chapter 15, if you have your Bibles. Digital device, iPad, whatever. If you're on your iPhone, that's good. Just no Instagram, Facebook. Uh, hey, let me say this. We do encourage you when you're at church to check in on Facebook. And so let people know where you are. Um, and so I hadn't said that in a long time, but we, we do encourage that. And I didn't say this too. Those of you sitting in the overflow room, we always have a good number in overflow. Thank you for being over there. Sometimes that's a better seat than over here with the big screen and all that. And so I'm sure you've been worshiping with us and continue to do that. And uh, we've got a staff member over there for the first time today, Rick, our Rossville campus pastor is over there today. And so uh, uh, he'll be over there to help out during the invitation and stuff in the overflow. But hey, thanks for being in the overflow room uh, today as well. So Luke chapter 15. So, so if you're a guest today, I'm doing something a little different. Um, so you'll understand as we go, I'm not preaching a sermon. I'm kind of just giving a talk today. This is almost just like a, like a church talk. So I have a typical way I outline sermons on it. Not doing any of that today. Uh, this just, we're just having a conversation today. And I'm introducing a sermon series called The Mission that we're going to do over the next uh, three or four weeks. Because here's the deal. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you'll know me if, if, if you join our church, come to Harvard Church. Those of you that know me know me well. I'm very transparent. Don't hide anything. Kind of put it all out there. Here's the deal. I get it. Uh, uh, you know, we've all been members of churches that were just checking Sundays off the list, right? If you've been in church for any length of your time, life, we've all been part of a church that just came on Sunday and just checked things off the list and really just kind of floundered without a reason to exist. That's never, ever what God meant for a church to be doing. Never. God gave us a mission to accomplish. God gave us not a mission, but the mission to accomplish. We aren't just here on earth as individual believers. We aren't just here on earth to wait to die. Right, like God just didn't save us, birth us. We weren't born, born again, just so we could wait until we died. God has you here today for a purpose for your life and for a mission for your life. So we're going to talk about that over the next few weeks. And I'm going to start today, and we're going to talk about this. Again, not a sermon, but we're, I'm calling it One Matters. One Matters. Now, now, one's an interesting number. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, study on the number one. I'm not going to get into all that. I almost did, but I decided not to. But, you know, one is a matter of perspective. For example, it can be good or bad. If I ask you, what place did you finish in the race and you said number one, that's good, right? If I said, how many did you get right on the test and you said one, not so good, right? If I ask you, how many times have you won the lottery and you said one, not so bad, right? Now, I know none of you play the lottery, but if you did, if I ask you how many dollars do you have in your bank account and you said one, not so good, right? If I ask you how many donuts did you eat and you say one, not so bad, right? But tragedy of all tragedies, if I say how many donuts do you have left and you say one, <laughs> now we got a problem, right? Uh, only down to one. One is all a matter of perspective. And here's what you would think. You would think that in God's economy, 
you would wonder how much one really matters. I mean, if you just study it out, there are billions of stars. There are millions of light years. On earth today, there are billions of people and there have been billions of people. There is, when you talk about time with God, you don't talk about a second, a minute, a day, a week, a month, a year, a decade. You talk about eternity with God. That is numbers without end. If you look at our numbering system, just this past week, uh, 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 mathematicians, a computer, discovered a new prime number. If you don't know what a prime number is, I'll let you do all that research yourself. I didn't even know we were still looking for prime numbers. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. We discovered a new prime number, and it's such a huge number, I, I, I didn't bring it, but, but we're looking for, and the reason we're searching for those, we have supercomputers searching for prime numbers is that numbers go on for infinity. So when you understand all that in God's economy, that, excuse me, God sees all that, God knows all that, you have to ask yourself the question, does one really matter to God? And I'm here to tell you this morning, it really does matter. And so I want us to talk over the next 15 or 20 minutes on this idea of one matters. Now, um, we're going to read our Bible verses later on, so I'm going to give you some verses on the screen as we go through it. So just take a few notes and follow on with me, and we'll read. In our, normally, if you're here every week, we read our text about right here, but I'm not going to do that today. We're going to save it for the end. And so let's talk about this idea of one matter. So, so let me talk about four things today that matter. Number one, let's talk about one church. The first thing I want us to hear is that we'll never be at Pevine when we start talking about the mission God has for us as a church. We'll never be what we ought to be until we are dedicated to being one church. Now, Matthew 16, 18, here's how Jesus said it. He said to Peter, I say to you, on this you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, he wasn't building the church on Peter. Peter had just made a confession that Jesus was Christ. He was the Messiah. He was the Lord. And, and Jesus said, on that rock, on that confession, as a matter of fact, there's a word play in the Greek. He said, you're Petros, little rock, but upon this big rock, Petra, of your confession, I'll build my church, a singular church. And here's what God does. God takes that, that universal body of believers that we would call the bride of Christ and he breaks it down into a localized context around uh, the world. And so Pevine is part of the global family of God, but we are to be a localized expression of the church of Jesus Christ. That means... That here at Peavine, we are to be one church. Now, how do you, what do you mean one church? Do you mean one church in one location? No. We're about to launch our second campus here in about three weeks. But we're, we're going to be one church in multiple locations. That's not going to be the last one we launch. You say, well, preacher, does that mean that one church that we're all supposed to look like? No. The more diverse we are, the better, right? We ought to be as diverse as what our communities are. What well, does that mean? One church in our preferences. That is, we all like the same things. Like, you know, that's never going to happen, right? Like, 
here's the truth about us. We're just human beings, right? And, and we all are never going to be able to agree on our preferences. As a matter of fact, there are churches that cannot do anything for the kingdom of God because they're hung up on preferences. And I'm gonna talk about it again in just a moment. But we, we can't all have the same preferences. We're not gonna be able to rally a body of believers around the same preferences. Now, there are some doctrinal things that we have to be one about, but not everything. For example, we have to be one in that we believe the Bible is the word of God, right? Like we don't, we, don't, we don't bounce around on that idea. We know where we stand. And if you ask me that question, I'm not going to stutter or pause. We have to be one in what we would call soteriology. That's the doctrine of salvation, which means that we believe we're all saved uh, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And so it's not of works, lest any man should boast. We have to all agree about that. There are certain key tenets of the faith, basic uh, doctrines of the faith that we all have to agree about. But then there's a lot of things that we don't have to agree on. For example, and I know this may upset some of you, but for example, when we start talking about the end times and the, we just sang about Jesus is coming again, we all believe Jesus is coming again. But I'm gonna tell you, you poll Baptist pastors and they're all over the map on where they think Jesus is coming again. I've got my own opinion. Some of you have your own beliefs that I think I can back up mine with the Bible. Here's the truth, when I was in Bible college, and they came through and we had to study the end times and they taught us post-millennialism. I said, good Lord, I think they've got it right. And then the next time they came and taught us amillennialism and I said, no, I think they've got it right. And then the last thing they taught was premillennialism, and that's where I landed and I, I think that they got it right. You can make case for all of that. You say, well, don't you need to be more dogmatic than that? Here's what I know. Can I get an amen? Jesus is coming again. Amen. I'm gonna leave a lot of the details up to him. How's that? I'm not going to micromanage. Jesus is coming again. He is coming. So there, is, there are these certain things in the faith that preference, that we have to believe. Soteriology, doctrines, the word of God, salvation. We, we have to get those right. There, and there's a list of those, but there are some things we can have some freedom in, in Christ on that. We're all not going to rally around uh, some of those non-essentials of the faith. But here's the deal. I travel the nation and speak to pastors as part of what I do during the week. I travel the nation and speak to pastors all the time. I can tell you, I've never had a pastor come up to me and say, Pastor, you pray for our church. We're having a hard time. We're having a theological split in our church. Never happens. Never. I get this all the time. Preacher, pray for our church. We put drums in our church and half the church is going to leave. What? Yeah, they don't, they don't believe in drums. Really? They ever read Psalm 150? Like Psalm 150 talks about uh, drums, it talks about symbols. If anything, they ought to be mad because we don't have symbols in the choir, right? Like, like the, 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 but no, it's always over that. Preacher, pray for our church, having a hard time. Why? We changed the color of carpet and people are all upset. What? People are dying and going to hell and that's what we're worried about? And so here's a statement I want you to hear. Churches that don't do anything for the kingdom and don't reach anyone for the kingdom and just check Sundays off the list and make no impact in their community cannot be one church because everyone is concerned about getting their own way. That's why in the South, you can drive on a back road and you can go on one corner and see Harmony Baptist Church, go one mile down the road and see Second Harmony Baptist Church. Because some people in Harmony Baptist Church weren't in Harmony and they got upset and they weren't gonna let the name go so they went and built a mile down the road and called it second year. I kid you not, you can drive around the South and you can see Unity Baptist Church and better Unity Baptist Church. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, wait, 
if you had unity, why didn't you stay down at unity? You know, because uh, the fact is we can't unify. As long as you're trying to be one church around preferences, it's never going to work. We're never gonna be one church around uh, musical preferences, decorating preferences. Listen, my wife and I don't agree. When it comes to music, we could not be more opposite. We, we kind of take the approach of Donnie Marie Osmond. She's a little bit country. I'm a whole lot rock and roll, right? If I come home and she's listening to music on our Alexa, she will have Loretta Lynn on Alexa. I hate that mess. I cannot stand it at all. I cannot tell you, we'll get in the car and she'll say, hey, I want you to listen to this old Johnny Cash song I heard this week. No, I don't care about Johnny Cash. Let me, let, let me let you listen to a Def Leppard song from the 1980s and now we'll talk. <laughs> right? We, we don't agree on that kind of stuff. Like in my own household, we got in the car today to come to church early this morning and I flipped it on, contemporary Christian music, and she said, now Joel, you know we listen to Southern Gospel on the way into church on Sunday mornings. <laughs> so we flipped it on Pandora, Southern Gospel, because I don't like it, but I'm not an idiot, right? Like, I know we're my <laughs> bread's brother. We're not going to agree on all that stuff. You're not going to agree on all that stuff. And here's a church, what you, church, you cannot build a church on us all having the same preferences. And hear this statement, no church can be one church if the whole church is intent on getting their way. Let me say that again. No church can be one church if the whole church is intent on getting their way. Now, if you're a guest at Peavine, get this. I thank God that does not exist at Peavine. But listen to me, it has to stay that way. If we're gonna fulfill the mission God has for us, we can't ever let our preferences get in the way of what God would have us to do. Let me show you a Bible verse. It's one of my favorite, when I saw it, it, it literally changed my life. 1 Corinthians 10, 33. You see it there on the, uh, and this is a New Living Translation. It does it so well. Uh, Paul said this, I, try to, I too try to please everyone and everything I do. But notice how, why. He said, I, just, I don't just do what's best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. Listen, that ought to change your life. Paul said, I don't do what is best for me. So he's trying to please Paul. <laughs> it, Paul, I'm, I'm making up some of this, but here's what Paul was saying. Paul said, well, it's not about me. It's about souls who are gonna spend eternity in a place called heaven or hell. And I'm trying to do what's best for others. So that many, many may be saved. So that verse leads me into the second point I want to talk about this morning. That is not only being one church, but that is having one mission. The mission of Jesus has always been the same. It's, it's, it's echoed throughout the gospel. There's so many verses I could have put on the screen today to show you, but it's always been the same. Jesus said, this verse is not on the screen, but Jesus said, and this verse echoes with us, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Why did Jesus come on earth? I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And then the last word Jesus spoke in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and here it is. He said, and Jesus spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even at the end of the age. We call that the Great Commission, and he restated that last words that Jesus spoken to his disciples. But he restated it in Acts chapter 1 uh, when we have again a... a a picture of Jesus leaving the earth. And the, the, uh, the writer of Acts, Luke, gave us a, a little more detail about what Jesus said as he's ascending up on high. He said this, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The mission of the church has always been one thing. The last thing Jesus spoke of, the first thing that was on his heart, that is we ought to be busy telling the world about Jesus and the saving power of the gospel. Can I get an amen? If you're in overflow, say amen. I heard him. Hey, here's the deal. If that is not what consumes a church, we're nothing more than a social club. I mean, the only difference between us and, and a social club is that we have a mission from God, which is to rescue people who were lost and far from God. But listen, Acts 1-8 was always meant to be contextualized by every church, meaning this, the command he left us in Acts 1.8 was specifically for the church at Jerusalem. Here's, here's how we know that. He said, you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea. If we took that exactly literally without any contextualization of the verse, that means we should pack up and go win Jerusalem to Christ. Not a bad idea, but that's not what he meant, meant for us. He meant for the local expression of the body of Christ to contextualize that so that we would say, what is our Jerusalem? What is our Judea? What is our Samaria? What is the end of the earth looks like for us? Now, if you're here and you knew, understand we believe in foreign missions. We just took up about $50,000 for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, which goes over Overseas, we give hundreds, uh, over $100,000 a year to the cooperative program, much of which goes around the nation and overseas. We firmly believe in four missions. We're not getting away from that. However, we have to start with our local context. I'm not saying just do one, but we have to make sure our local context, our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, is being one to Christ. And so with our staff, we've been praying through this for over a year. We've been thinking through this study. You wouldn't believe the research we've done. And, and here, and you're going to look at this statement and you're going to say, uh, well, wait, that's it. But listen, we, we, we tried to get this statement as simple as we could get it. And it's bit that we've had more complex versions of it. We've had different versions of it. But I mean, literally a lot of time in prayer, we felt like this was where God would have us be. So when you talk about a mission statement or a vision statement, here's what we believe our mission is. And it's on the screen that our mission is reaching every person in Peavine City with the gospel. Just that simple. Our mission as a church, our, our singular mission is reaching every person in Peavine City with the gospel. Last year about this time, we introduced the concept of Peavine City to you. Now, for those of you who are new to our church and you just pulled out Apple Maps and you typed in directions to Peavine City, you're in it right now. Like you're here. We, we out here in Rock Spring, we decided that our mission field was bigger than Rock Spring. And so we, we made up a city. I'm the mayor. There is no vote. <laughs> Peavine City is a 20-mile radius from where I stand right now. 20 miles all direction. It goes all, almost all the way to Alabama. It's just a little bit shy of Alabama. And uh, we may inch it back 
after what they did to us Monday night. We may bring it back closer to George anyway. And uh, it was almost all, I mean, literally, if you look at it on a map, it's just a sliver not reaching Alabama. It goes up to northern Chattanooga. It goes down to Dalton in Whitfield County. There's a map of it I'll show you in a, in a moment. That's Peavine City. It's a 20-mile race. And here's what we felt like. We determined this over a year ago, that we felt like God had given us that as our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria area. That 20-mile uh, radius from where we are is Peavine City. So that's why the mission statement says uh, Peavine City. Every person. You say, preacher, we're supposed to reach every person in Peavine City with the gospel? Well, just tell me who you, who you want to leave out. Who are you willing to look at and say, I don't care if you go to heaven when you die? Because I, I don't think I can do that. So we believe that that is our mission, that is our vision, that is our task. And the reason we believe we are here is to reach every person in Peavine City with the gospel. So get this church, this will be the statement that drives all we do here as a church. Everything we're about as a church, if it doesn't help us reach every person in Peavine City with the gospel, we are not going to do it. And that's how we become one church. We unify not behind our preferences, but behind our mission. And as a church, we'll never rally around all those things that don't matter. But surely, with God in our, in our hearts and God in this place, we can rally around reaching Peavine City with the gospel. That leads me to the third thing I want to talk about. And that's 1%. One church, one mission, 1%. So if we're going to reach every person in Peavine City, what does that look like? We, we, we pull demographics from several areas, Barna and Arda, and we, we have a ministry that helps us do demographics. So we had them do an exact demographic profile of a 20-mile radius of our church, and here's what it is. In a 20-mile radius of our church, there are 497,000 people approximately, give or take. If you look at the Chattanooga metro area, it's 547,000 people, but, but we're a little bit smaller than that because we dip down uh, into Georgia Father and we don't go all the way to the very top of Chattanooga and Peavine City. And so 497,000 people. Now, here's what research tells us, that about 50% of those uh, are totally separated from any religion whatsoever. So if on a census form, if you ask them if they're Christian or Muslim or, or Hindu or if they worship the force out of Star Wars, they won't answer any of that. They'll check none on the box. 50% of our region says they are nuns. Now here's what we know, right? We know of the remaining 50%, the majority of those are not in church this morning. If you added up all of Peavine City, chances are you might hit about 15% of Peavine City they're in church this morning, maybe. That means there's about 35% of Peavine City that in all probability, they have a dotted line connection to a church somewhere. Here's what that means. Their grandpa went to church somewhere. They're a member of a church somewhere. But here's what you know. If you ask them, do you go to church? Which is why as a church, we, we, we've decided we don't ask people if they go to church. We just invite them to our church. Here's why. If I ask you if you go to church, the, it's called the halo effect in marketing research terms. Everybody puts on their halo and they say, oh yeah, I go to church. And in the South, everybody has a dotted line connection to a church. But here's what we know. If we drill down on that a little bit, they're going to fail, right? So if I say, hey, where do you go to church? And they say, oh, I go to Third Baptist Church. And you say, oh yeah, what's the pastor's name out there? At best, they're going to give you the name of the guy that was there 15 years ago, at best. And if they say, oh, I, I forget his name, 
You say, yeah, me too. What's the website of the church? Oh, I don't know that one. I don't know. Chattanooga and Birmingham, Alabama, are, are, for the last 10 years, have both been listed as one or two as the most Bible-minded cities in the United States. This year, Chattanooga was number one. I talked to pastors around the nation, like, man, that'd be great to be in a city where people are Bible-minded. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. Here's what Bible-minded means. It means you can answer a question about David and Goliath, but you have no idea how that applies to your life. It means you know about Jesus, but it doesn't mean you know Jesus, and that's quite possibly the most dangerous place to be in your life. Because there's no test about Jesus when you get to heaven. There is, did you know him or did you not know him? Were you in a relationship with him or were you not in a relationship with him? So it makes our task even harder. So that's what our ministry looks like. So bottom line is this. There are hundreds of thousands of people in our ministry area that are lost and far from God and going to die and go to hell. Now, I don't know what to do uh, with that kind of number because that kind of number is staggering to me. No church has ever been 100,000 people. So what can we do? And as I begin to pray about, God, what kind of impact would you want us to be? God, would you want us to impact 20% of Peavine City? That's 100,000 people. God, would you want us to impact 10% of Peavine City? That's 50,000 people. And here's what I firmly believe God laid on my heart. What if you move the needle 1%? 1%. That's 4,970 can I tell you some things about 1%? I couldn't ask God for less. Like you, you stop and pray. And you, you pray from the 30,000 foot view. And you say, God, we, we want to move the needle at Peavine. We, we want to move the needle. We want to be on mission and make a difference. God, let us make a one-tenth of 1% difference. Somehow that prayer just doesn't ring off my heart. I couldn't ask God for less than 1%. And right now, I couldn't comprehend more. I mean, even 2% would be 10,000 people reaching, and that's a staggering number. And so when we as a staff, I, I, I got with the staff uh, a few months ago, and I said, here's what I feel like God's laid on my heart, because we talked through all this other stuff, but we, we had not really quantified it yet. And I said, here's what I feel like God would challenge us to move the needle 1%. Can I say to you, 1% would make a huge difference inside Peavine City. And that's the challenge I want to lay before you this morning. Can we be one church with one mission in order to reach 1%? One church with one mission to reach 1%. Now, let me tell you how I think we're going to go about that. Today, I'm going to ask you to commit to giving 1% of your day to God in praying for Peavine City. 1% is approximately 15 minutes a day. I'm going to challenge all of us. Now, by the way, this is not a yearly goal. This is not by December, we want to have reached 4,900. That's not our plan. This is our goal until we reach it. And you say, what do we do when we reach 1%? We'll probably go for 2%, best I can tell. And it, we may have to get creative as we do it. But I'm asking you, because here's what I believe. I believe 1% of Peavine City is a God-sized 
task. Can I get an amen right there? So I, I don't think we need to launch into plans until we fall on our knees asking God to help us reach 1%. If he's called us to do it, he's able to provide. I'm asking you to give 1% of your day from this point forward praying for Peavine City. Number two, I, I'm asking you to give 1% more to Peavine City in a separate offering. Here, here's what I mean. If you tithe now, which is a biblical command to give 10% of your income to the work of God, if you tithe, you give 10%. That's 10% of your tithe. I'm asking you to give one more percent, 11%, to help us reach Peavine City. That 1%, every dollar you give will go into campus expansion because let me tell you what my heart is. Uh, we could use a bigger building. We had five or 600 people in the early service this morning. We had people in overflow in the early service. We have people in overflow right now. We, every Sunday school room we have on this campus is full, uh, not, is filled, has people in it. And we need more, but we're, we're, we have no plans to build a new sanctuary here, a new worship space. What our, what, because I, I, I just, I don't feel like, this is me personally, and, but here's just where I am. I don't feel like us building a $20 million building here is the best use of kingdom finances. We'll add another service, we'll squeeze people in, we'll get creative, y'all are awesome about helping us with that, and we'll just figure it out. What we will have to do is go out and start campuses. So that 1% will help us go launch campuses all around Peavine City, because I've said from the very beginning, we'll be one church with multiple locations. And so we're about to launch our first campus in Rossville, and gosh, let me tell you, church, you were so amazing this year. You gave $300,000 in two offerings this past year. And so instead of us taking an offering every time we need to launch a campus, and I may have taken an offering, who knows? Well, I'm saying, can you commit to 1%? So my daughter said to me in the early service, Daddy, you need to do the math for us. We need help with math. Math is hard, right? So let me do some math. If you make $1,000 a week, that means your tithe is $100 a week, right? One more percent means I, you would give an additional $10, and now look in, your, look in the chairs in front of you and you'll notice a white envelope with purple writing on it and it says 1%. Not only that, if you give online, my wife and I give online now starting this year. If you give online, there's a one, here's, here's what the offering looks like. If you give online, there's now a 1% category. And we're asking you instead of giving 10%, which is a tithe, to increase it by 1% and give that extra 1% uh, to specifically the 1% offering. And we're going to use that to launch campuses as we go forward. And that's going to help us get buildings and staff and, and, and remodel when necessary to remodel and all that. So here's the challenge. 1% of your day to pray for Peavine City. 1% in increase in your giving to reach Peavine City. 1% and we can reach 1% of our area. You say, well, don't we need to do more? Oh, trust me. When we get obedient in this area, God will open the doors for more. And can I say this? We need everyone involved. We're going to have multiple campuses. We need, I can't tell you des how desperately right now, we need musicians. We're going to need uh, nursery children, youth workers, ushers, greeters, you name it. We need all that. Now, let me say this. If you're here today and you're thinking about joining Peavine, man, we are so excited that you're thinking about joining our church. Here's the deal. You, we don't need you to just come and sit and take up space. 
We need you to grab a hammer and a nail and get on the wall and start helping us build what God's trying to do here at Peavine. It's not a place to sit and soak. It's a place to serve. And we're collecting like-minded people, like-hearted people, like-passionate people, like-spiritual people who want to reach this area for Jesus Christ, 1%. Number four, that leads me to the last thing I want to say. Lest some of you think we're just trying to build a big church. Man, that could not be farther from the truth. Here's why we're doing it. So we can reach one person. Would you look, remember I told you to turn to Luke a long time ago. Would you look in those Bible verses, Luke chapter 15, verse 1. This whole chapter is about reaching, about one thing that was lost. But Luke 15, verse 1, the first seven verses really lay it out so plainly. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to Jesus to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. The audacity that Jesus would welcome people far from God into his life. So Jesus spoke this parable to them, saying, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Verse number seven, he then turns it and makes a spiritual application. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Here is what Jesus was saying to you, us, that it was more important to leave the 99 and chase and hunt down the one than it was to stay with the 99 who were already safe and in the fold. Listen, God called us to be fishers of men, not keepers of the aquarium. And that couldn't be plainer. That heaven rejoices over one sinner repenting, over one soul being saved. So close your Bibles and I'm finished. That's what we're reaching for here at Peavine. One person. That one person could be your neighbor. It could be your friend. It could be your coworker. It could be your parent. It could be your child. It could be your grandchild. It could be the kid you see at the grocery store every week, the girl in the Dunkin' Donuts line. Let me ask you a question. Which one of those do you want to leave behind? And so here's the challenge to you today. We all have our own corner of Peavine City to reach. You're already in it every day. It's where you work, it's where you live, it's where you play. You're all, you already have a corner of Peavine City. We're asking you to go out and reach your corner with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, we're, we're going to set up multiple campus locations around Peavine City eventually. Man, the, the excitement that's going to be, you think it's been a while, two years, just hold, buckle up, it's going to get even better as we go forward. But it'll only happen as you reach your person in your corner. So here's the challenge to us today. Let's be one church wrapped around one mission to reach 1% of Peavine City, one person at a time. Because one matters. Let me introduce some things to you. 
First of all, uh, guys, put the new logo up on the screen. You, you see the new, all the staff today, we, we, we quickly had this, these pullovers made that we're wearing this morning. There's our new logo this morning at Peavine City. Now, let me explain the concept to you a little bit there. Uh, that, that round thing you see, it's an artistic uh, uh, variation of a pin on a map. So if you looked at Google Map or Apple Maps or something, it'll resemble that. That represents a pin on a map, which represents Peavine City. So you see it on the sermon graphic this morning. Uh, you see it, it's, it's in Peavine City. And those streets and corners in there, that represents all of Peavine City. And then the darkened corner that's towards the middle, that represents your corner of Peavine City. So at, at, when you see the logo at a glance, you see the big mission for our local context is that whole map to reach Peavine City. But not only that, we're asking you to reach your corner of Peavine City and really multiple corners you have in Peavine City. Now, you're going to start seeing that all over. Not only that, um, today we are going to ask you to take one of these. This is a 21 days of prayer that we're going to start uh, a week from tomorrow. So January 22nd, as a church, we're going to walk through this 21 days of prayer together, together beginning a week from Monday for the next 21 days. Now, these are 21 devotions that have been written by all of our ministerial staff here at the church. And so you'll see which ones wrote what. When you open up the... Uh, uh, devotional, you're going to see, first of all, a map of Peavine City that has two pin dots where our two campuses are, at Rock Spring and then Rossville. The next page, you're going to see uh, what our mission statement is, because we want you all to be able to repeat that, reaching every person in Peavine City with the gospel. And then on the third page, you're going to see the 1% challenge pledge. And here's what that is. I've said it already. We're going to throw it up on the screen. We're asking you to spend 1% of your day praying for Peavine City. That's about 15 minutes a day. We're asking you to give 1% above your regular tithes and offerings uh, to Peavine City, and that's specifically to launch campuses, and that's in order for us to reach 1% of Peavine City with the gospel. Now, there's a place for you to sign that and date it. I'm going to ask you to do that. If you're willing to commit to this with us, I'm going to ask you to do that. We're not taking these up. We're not taking names. We're not collecting a list. I'm just asking you personally, if you'll get on board with us, will you sign that and date it and do the math under here for yourself? Right? Like, so you figure out your ties, do the math under there, use it as a scratch pad. Then you start on day one and you start seeing the devotionals. Now, you're going to notice that the devotions are, are broken up uh, around subject. Here's what they are the first one talks about uh, reaching Peavine City, the next ones talk about what, is, what we regard as kind of our strategy or our focuses around here for reaching Peavine City. That is, we're going to be Sunday focused. That's every Sunday is somebody's one day. That means we take Sunday seriously around here because every Sunday, including today, there are people here far from God who are looking for a relationship with him. So we take Sunday seriously. Not only that, we're going to be city focused. And here's what that means for us. It's not about filling a building. It's about reaching a city. Can I say this? We have accomplished nothing when this building is full. We're trying to reach a city with the gospel. And that city's Peavine City. And then we're gospel focused. We're going to keep the main thing, the main thing. That's what Jesus called us here to do. So you'll see all of those devotions are tied around those three subjects. So I want you to pick up a devotion today. Not only that, we have these wrist bracelets that we had made. And um, the wrist bracelet says uh, 1% my corner. 
which is a reminder every day for you to pray for the 1% and to reach my corner. We're just gonna keep these on all the time. We'll keep restocking them. Inside it, it says Peavine City in raised letters. You can barely tell it. It's kind of a subtle thing there. But we're gonna ask you to wear that wrist bracelet every day, praying for Peavine City, uh, and let that be your reminder to it. We have put up a selfie station out there. Some of you saw it on the come in. We did this last year. We want you to go by and take a selfie, post it on social media, say something about your church, and use it to invite people to Peavine. Now, Next Sunday, beginning at the, uh, during the small group hour, which is about 9.45 to uh, uh, maybe 10.45 here, we're not going to have small group Sunday school next three weeks. Now, I know y'all love Sunday school. That's awesome, and we're so glad you do. We're going to take a three-week break, and we're going to have three solemn assemblies down in the Epic Building. And so here's what that means, that we're going to dismiss the early service. We're going to go to the Epic Building. As you get here for Sunday school, don't go to Sunday school. Go straight down to the Epic Building. We're going to do some creative things down there, and we're going to spend about 30 minutes in prayer and worship in the Epic Center praying for Peavine City during this 21 days of prayer. It's going to be a unique, moving spiritual time in the life of our church where we're saying to God, God, here's the mission you've called us to do, but we can't do this on our own. So there it is. One church with one mission, trying to reach 1%, move the needle 1%, one person at a time. That's what we're going to be about. Church is going to be simple for us. We're here to move the needle 1%. How many of you think we can do it? Can I get an amen out of you this morning? How many of you think God can do it through us? Can I get a louder amen from you this morning? Hey, Josh, come up and start singing because the invitation is going to be different. Let me say this. Our staff is going to come and they're starting to put stuff out for you this morning. Here's the invitation. If you're here this morning and you were planning on joining our church today or coming for baptism you can come on during the invitation. We're, we're going to do that. You're going to see staff members standing up here and just come tell one of them, hey, I want to join the church, want to be baptized, and, and they'll, they'll walk you through that process today. But here's going to be the invitation. Hey, guys, come on, start handing that stuff out. Here's going to be the invitation today. We're going to ask you to pledge with us to reach that 1%. And we're going to ask you to do it by two things. Would you come get, during the invitation, a devotional book and a bracelet and just take them back to your seat. It's going to take us a little while to do it, and that's okay. Josh is going to sing, and we're going to spread it out all up here. Just, it doesn't have to be orderly. Just push your way up and push your way back, maybe. I don't know. Figure it out. Figure it out. Right? We, we know. And if you're in the overflow, uh, these are set up at the front in your overflow room. So Rick's over there, and you can, uh, he'll be over there. If you want to join the church over there or, or, or be baptized, just go see Rick. He'll be standing up front, and your bracelets and your... De- devotions are um, out up front in overflow. But we're going to ask you to come get these today. We're just going to spread them out as far and wide as we can so you can come get them. So would you stand with me this morning? And I want to pray. And when I say amen, if you'll join with us in this challenge, if you'll join with us in this mission, if you'll be a part of what God's trying to do here in our place, I want you to just come get a book, come get a bracelet. Let's all covenant together that we're not here just to check Sundays off a list. We have a mission from God. And listen, here's the truth. If I didn't believe in you, I'd never issue this challenge. We're kind of putting ourselves out there a little bit. You know what? Like, like we're kind of saying, 
we don't just think God wants to do something. We think God wants to do something great at Peabody. And listen, that's not going to be your pastor getting it done. It's not going to be your staff getting it done. It's going to be all of us together with a mission to reach Peabody City. So join me. Let's pray. Father, this awesome group of people, I mean, literally, Father, there's no place I'd rather be this morning than right here with these people worshiping you, being a part of what you're doing. We have literally, God, in the last two years experienced a move of God. Most Christians will live and die and never be in a church that had a move of God, but we've been part of it. We've experienced it. We've got a thirst for it. And we don't want it to stop. And we know the mission will move forward on our obedience. So that's what we're trying to do today. Help us to be obedient, passionate, to the call you've placed not just on our lives, but on our church. To move the needle inside Peavine City. Hey, church, look this way. I said this to the deacons yesterday, and God just kind of told me to say it again. Here's the deal. We are experiencing a move of God in this place. Doesn't happen often. Like, people live and die in churches and never experience what you've experienced in the last two years. But I want to view this as the beginning of something, not the end of it. Here's what I mean by that. I want you to take in your mind and go forward 20 years. However old you would be, however old your kids would be, grandkids, whatever. 20 years from now, when we talk about 2018, I do not want us to say, I remember the good old days in 2000. Y'all remember that when we were growing and reaching people and baptizing? Boy, I remember those days. 20 years from now, I want us to look back and say this. Man, that's when it all started back in 2018. Y'all remember that first challenge to reach 1%? And I went home and told my wife, Lord, honey, I don't know if we can do that or not, but we're going to give it our best. We're going to do our part in that. And the whole church, you remember how the whole church rallied behind that? And now our grandkids are saved and in ministry and we've got This is not the peak. Today's the beginning. So if you'll join with us, Josh, you see. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week, helping you to apply God's word to your daily life. For more information about Peavine, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and at our website, www.peavine.org. Thanks for listening.